Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And tonight we've got Jester from It's Doomsday Podcast with us tonight. How are you, my guy? I am doing super great. I'm so excited you uh, invited me on here. Like when I, I got really fired up when I heard the intro and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's go time. Let's I know. Go. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, you're ready to go to war. And then it, it ends and we're just like, hi, welcome to the live. Like <laughs> we got no war. We got no nothing. We're just here talking that's pretty much it the intro is very good hi sonia uh really quick before we get started i'm gonna run through and say hello to everybody so we got sonia in the house a purple princess and jemmy and sonia again and alex and margaret hello margaret maggie it's good to see you um we've got Jeannie in the house and margaret again and elizabeth again a little wolf i saw you in here purple princess hello you guys welcome to the live and a very happy tuesday to all of you I have been off the last, like, I feel like, I feel like I have been off. So you'll have to just kind of roll with me while I stutter and stumble for the next little bit. I'm not really sure what the deal is. The last couple nights have been like this. I just kind of like, I don't know. Has that ever happened to you? You run a podcast. Yeah. All the time. I find myself (laughs) falling and tripping over words a lot. And I, and I got to tell you, uh, thank you so much to Sonia. She came into a live I was doing last night and she goes, hey, aren't you supposed to be on the shipwreck show soon? And I said, yeah, but I don't remember when. I can't find the messages. She goes, mm-hmm. let me check. She goes, oh, it's tomorrow. I'm like, thank God you told me because I, I couldn't remember when the date was. So, like, she is awesome. She's on it. Absolutely. Sonia is a godsend, and we just love her. Sonia's one-year anniversary just came and went last week. And so we had to get her a new calendar and everything to keep track of the shows with. So we love Sonia. I don't know, I don't know what I would do without Sonia. We love you, Sonia. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm Me. glad you remembered. I'm glad you showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, glad for Sonia. Thanks again. Um, yeah, I was super excited when you asked me to be on here. And I am I am newer to the show, so I haven't got to catch a lot of the past episodes, anything like that. Um, and But like I'm noticing here, seeing the community, like a lot of the, the people in the chats here I'm watching over on YouTube, these I know a lot of people in the circle. Um, mm-hmm. I see mags in there, you know, and, and these are people that I uh, communicate with on the daily. So it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I stole them from Jake, so I we, did too. Yeah, do it. <laughs> don't tell Jake. We don't tell Jake. Okay, we we offered to make them better meatloaf, 
and Jake didn't want to come. So we were like, so they left. He doesn't like meatloaf. So next time you talk to him, offer him some. He loves it. Gotcha. I got you. How did you get started doing what you, well, you know what, first I want to like take a few, and I know you had a lot of your people in here. I got a lot of my people in here too. Take a few minutes. Like how, who are you? Like, what do you do? Where do you come from? Like, how did you get started doing all this? Okay. So, uh, everybody knows me by codename Jester. I don't put my real name on anything and it is mm-hmm. solely for the idea of maintaining OPSEC, right? Um, to an extent. OPSEC. Yes, OBSEC would be uh, remaining secretive, not letting your information get out there, things like that. Gotcha. The the main reason why is because when we talk about some of these things, we are talking, we are putting targets on ourselves. Mm -hmm. My wife works with the general public. Um, I used to work within law enforcement, and it's just better if people don't know where I am or who I am. You know, it's it's better, safer for my kids, things like that. Uh, But how I got into this, um, wow. Want, want me to go back to from the beginning? Well, you can. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's if, yeah, I mean, you can. If you don't want to talk about certain things, that's okay, too. We kind of align with the same thing. I have seen some pretty brutal stuff on the Internet that people have done to other people, and I've we've experienced it here um, with my own family. That's why you don't, I don't make content with my kids or my husband because, well, because I don't, <laughs> I don't need people coming after them. Uh, so as far back as you want to go, like, I know, because so I had popped, so I'd popped into your life. And you were kind of, I don't remember what you were doing. You were planting and, and you live on a farm. Is that correct? Almost like a, a self-sustainable kind of situation. Well, so I refer to it as Apocalypse Ranch. That's where okay. I live. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's it's farm-esque. I, I wouldn't call us a full-blown farm yet. We're trying to get there. It's, we started homesteading. We bought this property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think about five, no, about seven years ago, something like that. And we've we bought it with nothing on it and we completely okay. built up everything. You know, I, I ran my own electricity. I ran my own internet. I, I built my own foundation for my house. I, I did everything. Okay. Um, anything that I could, that I was capable of doing. Um, so we are in the process of becoming a full blown farm at some point. It's just things take work. We're going to get there. Okay. What made Eventually. you decide, what made you decide to just kind of, have you always lived kind of this out in the doomsday? What did you call it? The apocalyptic ranch. Have you always kind of lived in something like that? Or did you move from, is this like a big city to a small farm boy story? So no, actually what it is, is I grew up in a very rural community in the foothills of the mountains. Uh, and uh, we lived the off-grid lifestyle. We had a well, we had a cistern. We weren't connected mm-hmm. to any other utilities except for electric. Uh, being that we were in a place that we experienced uh, winters, uh, we heated the house from a wood fire stove. We had horses mm-hmm. and different animals and things and gardened every year um and and experience a lot of power outages during winters things like this so this kind of off-grid rural setting is how i grew up and then when i grew up i moved away and i moved to the city and i did all these things and met my wife and uh i became really really sick of um people you know and and being around being around everybody i uh used to work in law enforcement and the job i did with it when i first got into law enforcement i got to see a lot of sick things with humanity and i didn't realize you don't really truly know what goes on in your county that you live in until you're on the inside and you're working and then you see it right they don't put things out in the media that are unfavorable for for a lot of these areas okay so i'm going through i'm going through uh case files and i'm pulling homicide evidence and i'm learning about the suicide rates in our county and just all of these horrible things and i said to myself like wow um, I don't want to be here anymore. 
I, I had no idea it was this bad within our county. Right. Right. Um, plus, we lived in like a little kind of cul-de-sac where, you know, house on top of house, you know, third third acre lots, things like that. Yeah. And I was like, I need space. I, I need to roam. I need to be free. I can't be condensed like this. I can't deal because we lived in Florida. I can't deal with the city. I can't deal with the people. We got to get out of here. Plus, uh, my big motivation was it was the 2016 election. I was really worried about where that election was going to go. And I was like, hey, we got to get we got to get a plot plot of land now with some acreage out in the middle of nowhere in case things really break bad because they will. They mm -hmm. absolutely and the, will. And they are. They're, yeah. they're going. Yeah, they're not going well <laughs> for a lot of people, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, we're talking. We're talking a lot about that. Somebody, I mean, somebody had made a comment too. They're they're bringing up the sovereignty vote, which is what the twenty second through the twenty, uh, what the twenty third or twenty eighth or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. the way that I understand that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that so they're going to be voting on whether or not on the next pandemic, um, if the who is just going to be given the right to just take over uh, everything. So basically, it would override any of your constitutional rights and anything like that. That's the way that I understand it. The right. way that I also understand it is they can't really do that. Your sovereignty isn't something people can just take away. No, is but it? see, here's the thing. They're wanting to move into this one world government, one world currency. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you have dealt, probably dived into the Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 stuff. This is definitely paving the road for that. Right. You know, and it's scary. And and that was something that was a really big motivating factor, too, is is the future, this one world order thing. Um the sustainable energy plan, what they call it, you know, agenda 21. And, you know, for anybody out there that thinks this is false, they had the, they had the documents on the UN's website and a PDF that you could download for years. It was like a 295 page document that you were able to download and read through it. Right. It's, it's full of legalese, but at the end of the day, it's one world government superpowers and you have no more constitutional rights. So you've got two sides to this kind of argument that's going on right now. This is the, we're either bringing in one world order or we're bringing in the great awakening. And at, they've got two different people that are kind of going at, I kind of lean towards the, the greater awakening portion of it, just because of everything that's happened from 2019 to now, uh, everything seems really staged and really fake and really, uh, you know, they, I think when they go into like the 17 stuff, like this is a movie and everything you see is a movie. I kind of lean more towards that way. Do you feel like we're going to be heading into a one world order in the future? Or do you feel like this is kind of what is going to happen? Let, let me ask you a question because the answer is yes, Please but do. I want to ask you a question. Um, sure. When have you ever seen all the countries of the world, all these different nations, governments get on board with anything and act accordingly before? When have you ever seen that? I have never really paid attention until 2019. So I couldn't answer that with any kind of and i get that and right <laughs> but at the same time i don't know i i'd have to really kind of sit with that like the sovereignty thing i i looked into it this morning a little bit i don't know a ton about it uh, other than i just i don't think they can if i still think that there's more of us than there are of them and then if everybody were to come together and just not do it like do, we just didn't comply like what are they really gonna do we talked about this the other night with tax too, like taxes. We all know taxation is theft. It just is. Like federal income tax is garbage. Um, right. But if everybody just decided to stop paying, everybody, it would take a collective effort. Like what are they realistically going to do? Well, they, they can't put us all in jail. No, um, they, can't, they can't shoot us all. They can't. Well, they, they could try. They, they could try and we lose people, but 
They can't. We could shoot back too. Yeah. We we own firearms here as well. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that are really afraid of of the new world order type stuff and what they can do now to prepare. And and that's kind of why I brought you on and I, I brought like prepped and prepared. She was on too. To kind of talk to people about things that they can do now to prepare uh, for some of these worst case scenarios should they happen. Does that make sense? No, no, it absolutely does. And, and I mean, it's something very important. And there, there's a lot of people out there that think, you know, if, if you're a prepper, you, you have to be this right wing conspiracy nut. Like that is a common blanketed thing. Oh, he must be a QAnon guy. He must be this. He must be that. Mm-hmm. They put this out there in the media. So you write us off before we even open our mouths. Before we could even right. explain to you why we're prepping, you were pre-programmed to shut us down. Right. Okay. That's what it is. Um, the, the People really need to get mentally prepared more than anything. There's going to be a lot of tensions. There's going to be a lot of stressful situations. Things are going to be bad, and it's going to be very hard for you to mentally process. I hate to push fear on people. I really don't like to do that. I, I, I try to tell people it's not, it's not good to be in in fear, but it's good to be aware, right? Mm -hmm. It's good to be aware of what could possibly come and what could come with this. That's why I always suggest go out and read some of these books, you know, from people that have been through these bad scenarios and get their side of the story. Look at some of the past situations we've seen within this country or natural disasters we have seen mentally prepare yourself for what could come learn and read about the mistakes that other people have made so you can learn from them. Right. Right. Not everybody can go out and get high stress training. Um, a lot of, a lot of former law enforcement, former military guys, a lot of these guys are preppers and a lot of these guys have this high stress scenario training. All right. They, they are mentally prepared. And I think that's where a lot of people need to get to first is get to the, to that mental preparedness idea. What am I going to have to do to survive for me, my family, who could become a threat? When would they become a threat? What things make me a target? Stuff like that. How can I be mm-hmm. more self-aware of what's going on? That's kind of everything you need to do. Um, so, what, what? I mean, what's your opinion on that? Do you know any? Do you know any other preppers? Anybody? Well, obviously prepped and prepared, but I know prepped and prepared. But we have always my my family was very much um, Great Depression. My great grandparents, my grandparents, all the you know the Great Depressions. We washed my grandma would wash her tin foil and reuse it. Uh, had a garden, had chickens, had, we slaughtered our own animals. <laughs> we, we, this is just kind of what we did. And um, so, I mean, for me, like what, maybe this is why I have such a, I, I don't have so much like anxiety when it comes to all of this stuff, like the food shortages and that, that, because like, I'll be fine. Like I can, you know, fasting for 48 hours is good for you anyway. Realistically, we eat way more than we should um, often. And so, like, if we were to run out of food, like, if you, you know, fast for a couple of days, make things work. And we've stretched things for less. I've been poor. <laughs> so we've had top ramen for dinner. I don't know how many times um, with a baby in the dark because we couldn't pay our electric bill. So I guess for me, like, to see this, it, it doesn't scare me. And 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 I, as far as prepping, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a couponer. But I'm frugal. Like I, I buy things when they're on sale. And like if the, the spaghetti noodles are like 80 cents a box, which sometimes they are, I'll buy like 10 boxes. And then I've got a spaghetti dinner once a week for 10 weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like 
I've always kind of been that way. We've always got a, a cabinet. We probably have a good month, maybe two months worth of food just right. hanging around. Um, and so for me, I guess I don't really, it doesn't freak me out to, to look at that. And it's just about being resourceful. And I think that's what a lot of people uh, struggle with. They, they get so, and this is why we tell people not to panic because panic people make poor decisions. They can't be resourceful. You have to be resourceful. You have to be smart. Um, and we try to keep people as calm as possible. I, and cause fear is a big thing. Fear is like the key driver in the last couple of years to a lot of the decisions that people have made. I don't think would have made those decisions if they weren't reacting out of fear. And so trying to like, when we talk about the, they're going to be voting on the sovereignty thing. It's like, yes, that, yeah, it would suck. I mean, would they, we saw what, what supposedly happened in Australia. They stormed into people's houses and took them out to camps. And is that going to happen here? Boy, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I so. I hope not. I hope not, but I don't think it will. As long as we keep talking about it and keep questioning it and keep pushing back and we just don't let it happen. That's, that's kind of my opinion on, on the whole thing with the prepping and whatnot. I can too. I can make jams, jellies. Nice. I know. I do. I do. I'm a grandma. I do it for fun. People are like, I need to learn how to can. And I'm like, it's really easy. You go to Pinterest. Find all the recipes you need, print them off, and then you have them. And then you just can't. I love to can. I am an old lady. Dang. Um, but I know that a lot of people, they weren't raised doing that. And so I can understand the fear. But I don't know. I Maybe that's why people like you and I are here, right? Just to kind of teach and lead the best we can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And, and so... The- if you, for your listeners out there, if you're going and you're seeking out these preparedness creators and things like this, if you have people out there trying to sell you on fear porn or they're just trying to scare the shit out of you, avoid those guys because they're usually trying to sell you something afterward, right? Mm-hmm. So avoid mm-hmm. avoid these people. Don't 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 give them the time of day. And I do recommend that everybody fact checks everybody too, even if even if it comes out of my mouth, go back mm-hmm. look it up to make sure I didn't give you some bad information. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens. Sometimes uh, articles, you know, get revamped and things change this, that, the other. Always go mm-hmm. back and double check the research. Um, but something I, something I did want to say this. You, were, you talked about being resourceful. You talked mm-hmm. about being frugal. Um, our society is at bay to convenience. We want everything yes. right now. We want to go to the store and pick it up right now. Mm-hmm. We can't handle when we're inconvenienced. The reason why I brought up, you know, what, you know, when was the last time you seen every government get on board with one another? Well, it was I was bringing up the pandemic. Mm-hmm. This was a big litmus test of control to see how far that they could push people right before they actually would consider pulling the plug. How quickly will we fall in line? How quickly will we, you know, take orders? Um, how much restrictions can they put on our lives? What is our breaking point? What is it? You know, and we saw this. We saw people lose their jobs. We saw people lose food. We saw food shortages. We saw people lined up at food banks, having to wear masks everywhere, social distancing, not being able to see family, friends, relatives, holidays canceled, graduations mm-hmm. canceled, pe- people dying, can't even go to their funeral. People wanted to get married. They couldn't get married. Every They came to us and said, everything must stop. That's it. You're done. Let's see how they take it. And we took it. And we took it pretty strongly. And I think that I think that that this does worry the elites. I think that this does scare them a little bit. But it showed them we will fall in line. 
we will do what we're told so they can move on to the next step, which could be this new world order, Agenda 2030 type scenario. Do you think that... <clears throat> So, you know, the, the other side of the argument is that, yeah, we fell in line. I, I didn't say we because I didn't. This is kind of where I came out of my cocoon. Like, this is where I woke fully up. I'm like, man, I'm putting no mask on to go to Walmart. This is ridiculous. Like, and I wasn't going to do it. And I didn't do it. I never did it. And I still don't shop at Target to this day. And it, it came down to just that. Like, people had to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable and nobody was ready to do it. But what was interesting was that after it went on and on, and on and then it flip-flopped and then the information was one thing one day and then one thing the next day and then people started to really see that how could you know the walmart could stay open but your mom and pop shop next door had to close down because of the pandemic people i really do think started to question and so in my mind yes i think they initially got in line and complied but by the time omricon came which i think was supposed to be like this next Blood, which we, where they talked about the dark, cold winters of death with Biden. He came out and said, we're all going to die if we don't get vaccinated, right? With Omicron, nobody did. Like nobody, like nobody, at least nobody around here. I, and I can only speak to what I saw, which was around here. And I live in Iowa. Like COVID never really existed in Iowa unless you went to Des Moines or Iowa City. But like here where I live or like in, in some of these other cities, like there was no mask mandates. There was no jab mandates there was nothing there was none of that everybody just kind of went on and lived their daily lives south dakota was the same way so i would like to think that by the time the next one hit or the next thing came enough people woke up during covid and was like we're not going to play anymore and that they're not going to buy into this again and one of the probably strongest facts to that theory that i have is mainstream media because mainstream media is the biggest blowhorn that the elite have because they have to spread the fear. The fear is what keeps people in control. If you don't have the media, you don't have the, the fear spreader. So they aren't able to spread their fear and spread their, their agenda in a way that would be as effective as it was with COVID anymore because every, nobody watches mainstream media anymore. We are the media now. Your podcast, you, me, your Joe Rogans, and as I'm Vector Meyerson. Like, I really do think that should this happen again, you're really going to just see a big not either a, a straight up non-compliant or people who just aren't going to pay any attention to it and they're just going to keep living their lives i don't know i guess i well i, I could agree with you on that so mm -hmm. i gotta i gotta tell you in the beginning of the pandemic be, because we were preppers right um mm -hmm. in the beginning i took this extremely seriously i was out wearing a mask in public and wearing gloves and having that sanitizer in my pocket yep. before it was like widely mandated right um because i was in fear that something like this could happen one day and the repercussions of it because i mm -hmm. i know what these things could bring after we were a couple months in and i saw how we were being manipulated i was like oh, okay this is bullshit this is bullshit it's all bullshit um and then of course we did not comply now <laughs> traveling overseas was kind of a problem to get tested because we're not vaccinated. We refuse to get vaccinated. We're not doing it, but right. You know, traveling overseas, we had to get tested to travel and uh, you know, you have to had to wear masks on the plane, which, you know, mm -hmm. and I got to tell you the thing about wearing a mask on a plane, being on a plane for 10 hours, I will always wear a mask on a plane. Now my sinuses felt so good after I got off that plane 
right? Because it doesn't really? let anything. It does, yeah. It doesn't let your sinuses dry out from the recirculated air. Oh yeah. Right. So it was. That, it was yeah, like really sense. nice. And then when you fall asleep and your mouth's hanging open, no one could see you or snap a picture <laughs> of you. So I was like, you know what? The mask on the plane's not so bad for you know a ten-hour mm-hmm. flight going overseas. I'll do that all the time now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, you mentioned Walmart. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was w- really interesting what they did. So Walmart's stopped being 24 hours. Okay. A lot of them mm-hmm. did. They condensed the hours. All right. To keep us all packed in there like sardines at one time. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. This is a pandemic. Why wouldn't you want to keep extended hours so people wouldn't be in there in the masses so much? Why are you condensing it? Doesn't make sense. Why mm-hmm. are you keeping fast food restaurants open? Whenever you're shutting down regular restaurants, it's or okay. gyms. Or, yeah, or that too. But you got to think about it. Like when you go through a drive-through McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever, you're handing that person your card. They're handing it back. They're grabbing the next one. They're handing it back. This, that, this, that with everybody that's coming through, whether they're sick or not, they don't know. Okay. That was okay. Fast food restaurants had to be breeding grounds for this because everybody was going to get fast food because nothing was open. We own a restaurant. Like that's what we do for a living. And I got to tell you, I had no idea. I wasn't in the restaurant industry until we opened this place. My wife's been in the restaurant industry for years. I had no idea how many people did not cook at home. There's a ton, right? It, it really shocked me. We have people that come to that restaurant two or three times a day. They come in for breakfast. They come in for lunch. Then they might come back in again to grab something to take home later for dinner. They're in there every single morning for breakfast or every day for lunch. I had no idea this many people didn't cook at home, right? That's and it, crazy. And it kinda, yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, and it scares me because I know that there's no food in their houses, right? There's no food within the home. So what's going to happen if there's a shortage? They're screwed. And they're not cooking for themselves now anyway, you know. Well, this is really, I think, really the community thing has to come into, which unfortunately I also saw a very interesting aspect of community during COVID. It was, it was really like you had said when you were talking about Walmart and and that's exactly how I felt in the beginning. I didn't do anything in the beginning. The minute they came out and said, well, you're going to have to start wearing masks and you can't shop until this time and this time at fairway. And you, I'm like, well, I'm just not going to leave my house. And like, I know this is horseshit. If this, if this, if this virus is as deadly as they say, it's going to do this mask isn't going to do anything. I'm just better off staying home. And so that's what we did. And I ordered my groceries and I made the grocery guy drop them off outside of my garage. And then I went out. I never did disinfect my groceries, but I got a neighbor that did with the Lysol can. That can't be healthy for you, by the way. But I, I, I caught onto this pretty quick. I was like, this something else is going on because we're just going to die. That's it. Like, we're just done. And I'm not going to dance around it anymore. Like this mask ain't going to do nothing. We're just going to die. And then I didn't die. And Mr. Shipwreck didn't die. And none of my kids died. They were in school. Then they kicked him out of school, which made no sense to me either, because we knew from the very beginning that COVID-19 didn't detrimentally affect children. In fact, it didn't affect them at all. But they had, there was such a fear around asymptomatic spread. Oh, the whole thing was just messed up. And so we'd said this from the beginning. And but you were right. Like, I think a lot of people, they just automatically like bought into it. But I think over time. People did just get, they were, they had started to get, it took them a little longer maybe than it took a lot of us to, to get it uh, months maybe. But I do think the majority of people got it because people, they just, it wasn't long before people were saying, well, I'm just wearing my mask just because I have to go into this store. They knew it had no 
value whatsoever to stopping the disease. They just did not want to be, um, they didn't want to be uncomfortable. They didn't like confrontation. And so they just put it on, got what they needed to get and then left. I'm hoping that they learned their lesson and that if this happens again, well, we just, we don't, I'm hoping the people that ate at your restaurant three times a day, maybe learned to, to keep some food in their house. I guess I'm not sure. Maybe. So we actually, we opened our restaurant during the pandemic and everybody told us we were crazy for doing that. Right. <laughs> like you guys Did you are get opening... a ticket. No, we not. Well, like oh. we, we acquired the restaurant and we opened mm -hmm. up in like the middle of the pandemic. Right. Um, like after they reopened restaurants is when we were opening up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Everybody said, aren't you worried with the pandemic, everything like that? I'm like, hell no. We have a drive through at the restaurant. If McDonald's can stay open, so can we. Right. You can't tell us we have to shut down. We have a drive through too. That was the only thing that gave me peace of mind and comfort with this was the, the drive through We could still mm -hmm. serve people because they don't have to come in and eat in. And we'll make enough money through the drive through to float the bills and keep things going. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're good on that sense. Um, but no, how you brought up the Lysol thing and, and you know, sanitizing the groceries before they came in the house i have to admit i was that guy too in the beginning it was me <laughs> god you were the guy across the street i'm like man look at this guy what the hell is he he's gonna die of poisoning well so no and you you also brought up how it wasn't affecting our kids right and and here was the thing we got covid we had it a few times our mm -hmm. kids fine never got it mm -hmm. um actually no my my one kid did test positive for it but was asymptomatic that no symptoms okay right. um the last time we got it, I was sick for like 48 hours, maybe. Mm -hmm. And my wife got it right after me and she was like down for days. Yeah. So I, I, I believe it's it's the more you get it, the less it affects you from from how it's been in our household. But I know it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't really want to get stuck on the COVID thing too long. But guys, this is all by design, right? Mm -hmm. They know exactly what they're doing. They knew exactly how to make this spread. You tell me what the purpose is of a one-way aisle way within a grocery store. That's to make you miss something and spend more time you. in that store. One-way aisles? Are you fucking kidding me? No, that's what that was. They wanted to keep you in that store longer. And oh my God, forbid, if you saw somebody in there with a mask on and you went the wrong way, the looks that they would shoot you, holy shit. I went the wrong yeah. way all the time and I never wore a mask. Like ever. I no, I'm just I our Walmart enforced <laughs> the mass mandates for 24 hours and nobody went. And they're like, we're just not gonna go to Walmart, then we'll just go otherwise. So then they backed down on it and made it optional. And I was like, well, we'll go back to Walmart. Never followed it, didn't care. Like, come at me, Becky. I'm not wearing a stupid mask. You're out here touching everything with your gross hands and then touching your face. Get out of here, Becky. But people, I I don't. I do hope, I do think that people eventually, because they, just like you, they were outside like selling their groceries. No, yeah. so well, let me ask you. So let me ask you. If another variant came or another pandemic came and they said, listen, you have to put your groceries out in the driveway and you have to Lysol them before you bring them in the house. Would you do it? I'll tell you what, in, in the beginning of it, depending on severity of it, uh, with what I would be able to do research on, I'd probably take it serious in the beginning until I would talk to a few people that work in the medical field, until I would talk to a couple of friends I have that listen to the show that are paramedics. Once mm -hmm. I got the inside scoop from, you know, people that work in the medical field, it might, it would change. Mm -hmm. Right. But I try to take all these things seriously in the beginning because 
I mean, let, let's be honest. We, we know that the depopulation is something that we actively practice in this country, right? Mm-hmm. All the yep. COVID deaths a year, they won't talk about cigarette deaths, DUI deaths, all, all these other things that kill us off every day. Heart disease was still the number one killer in 2020. Right. COVID was but I just, I'm just, I'm like, I got this like mental depiction in my head right now of like you being this wildling, no mask on, flying down the aisles the wrong way in Walmart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to touch everything too, Becky. I had one guy who was like, you just, what did he, they kicked me out of their face. This is how like this, let's go back to the community thing. So I was on Facebook. I left Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. I was on Facebook. I was part of, and this was the old town that we lived in. I was part of the town's community group. And they were talking about how the kids were going to have to wear masks while they were playing football and, and during football practice. And everyone's like, okay, yep, we'll bring extra masks and make sure everybody has. And I popped in there and said, listen, this doesn't make any sense. These kids are going to be bleeding and sweating and snotting on each other. What is wearing a mask going to do for them? Like nothing. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to get gross. My kid's mask was already gross coming home from school. Like, what is this? And they got fired up. They're like, I don't know why you have to argue with everything. And I'm like, I'm not, I haven't argued with anything. I, I don't want to put a mask on my kid so he can come and wrestle around with your kid. Wrestling was another one. I called them out for that. Then they kicked me out of their Facebook group. And they're like, we just feel like you're an instigator. You're damn right I am. Take the mask off your kids. They don't need them. Son of a. <laughs> I, the mask, they got me. Like, I'll die on that hill forever. Forever. Right. I'm never wearing one. I'll probably I'll just die in the next pandemic. That's it. Uh, you can use me as the guinea pig. I will be the one that doesn't lice all their groceries. And then you just call me. I'll be okay. like, yep, I lived or no, she did. <laughs> you better lice all them up. I got pride for days. Um, no, so so what was what was really interesting, like and again, just another manipulation tactic that they did. Mm-hmm. So check this shit out. Like our school system, mm-hmm. what they did was they did what they called like an on and off week at school. All right. So what they so what they did was it was like your kid was like on A or B week. So every other week they would fucking go to school, but they would never change the teachers. Right. The teachers wouldn't change. So if a week has covid and they bring it to Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. Donaldson and then B week goes in, they're bringing it home. Right. They're not Uh rotating the teachers, but they're rotating the kids. Uh Yeah. What what sense does that make? They're, they're, they're disinfecting the classrooms, but they're not disinfecting the buses. That was another thing too. Like they, they weren't swat, they weren't washing the buses in between each of the bus rides. So <laughs> and none of it made any sense. It still doesn't. It doesn't. And um, so now we're here. Okay. It's done. Everybody, we need to prep. We need to prepare. You need to pack food because there's, you know, there's food shortages or they keep coming out and talking. Our grocery store is full. So I don't know. And maybe other people's is, is looking pretty empty, but ours is full with the same stuff. It's always full with thoughts on that. Like, yeah, what, that is, that is a good, that is a good segue in, into what I did want to talk about. So guys just, yeah. all right, understand this. When we talk about the, the supply chain, we talk about shortages. Mm-hmm. This is more of a web. It's not, it's not a chain. It's, it's a web. So you have like hubs that are centralized around the nation. The hub gets something, it gets distributed in that area. It's, it's like a web system, right? Mm-hmm. So if I tell you I'm having shortages on bread in my area, you might not have shortages on bread in your area. So it's going to be different. It's going to vary. Whatever the distribution hub gets, or if they don't get it, that's what's going to create that shortage that you see. Okay. Our shortages have been up and down. We've had egg shortages. We've had onion ring shortages. Uh, We use Coca-Cola for the restaurant. Coca-Cola couldn't get us Coca-Cola, which I thought was really odd, right? Well, Um, that that plant caught fire. Is that that plant or the Mountain Dew plant? 
Is a Mountain Dew? Um, I don't remember. Maybe they're the same. May- no, Coke's or Mountain Dew's Pepsi. Oh, it was a Mountain Dew plant. I remember that because I had to, I drink Rockstars gotcha. and I had to check and make sure that they were good. So, though. yeah. So the shortages. I mean, there have there have actively been shortages since the beginning of the pandemic. We remember the food banks and people being in line for hours to get food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we know that there there are food shortages coming. I mean, the president got on the TV, if you want to consider him creditable, and uh, even mentioned this that we will be experiencing shortages. So he also but said I ha- we're going to die last winter. We're that's true here. too that's true i don't too. know <laughs> I, I mean i get it because we did too we went through these swings like one week we didn't have any pork and then the next week we had pork but no beef and then the next week we had no beef and we had no chicken and then we had no eggs we went through no eggs but that was fine then we just had hamburgers instead do you see well, you actually, know what i'm saying like like i went i ran through a restaurant tonight we went we went to go get food tonight because i had i had a cub scout meeting for my kids and then we had uh well for my one boy and then and was like okay we got to get something to eat since we didn't cook at home so mm-hmm. we like ran through and got fast food uh i wanted to order a chicken sandwich they said we're completely right. out of chicken we have no chicken and it wasn't i mean now this restaurant has chicken breasts for uh sandwiches they have chicken strips they have diced chicken they had no chicken. Any chicken product that they had in, in the restaurant was off the menu. You couldn't get anything chicken. I couldn't even get a chicken quesadilla. Like, they had nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- in my area, we are experiencing a – certain places are experiencing a chicken shortage. Like, this this is a thing. At yeah. the moment, we've had a really bad problem with eggs as well right now in our area. Mm-hmm. And notice, with these shortages, too, they always try to scare us with something in the media. And I think it's to – kind of keep us calm like kind of like a subliminal message to keep us calm like oh the bird flu's going around chickens are scary you don't want to eat yeah they're anyway. they're calling them yeah yeah so but to get to get into a little bit more of the prepping side of this guys the idea of having some food stocks within your home and, and stocking up on a few canned goods things like this maybe having a one two or three month food supply within your home is so that when shit does break bad and people do get chaotic you don't have to go out in society while they're losing their minds and they're being dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how people act on Black Friday. There's no shortages. There's deals. They're saving money. They're not mm-hmm. starving to death. Their kids aren't starving to death. There's no danger in that moment. And they're willing to kill each other over a TV. Or toilet paper. Or toilet paper. Yeah, that's Boy, another that thing. Bad. Yeah. I recommend everybody gets a uh, add-on bidet for Doomsday, right? Get the, get the bidet. <laughs> Um, you, you could stock way less toilet paper that way. <laughs> we use newspapers at my grandma's. House. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, my grandma Hazel used newspapers for a long time. I, you know, she was weird, though. <laughs> but it's possible. I, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. But this kind of goes into anything. This is just kind of the way that things are right now. Like, the food shortage. This could go for, like, hurricanes, tornadoes. We just had a tornado touch down here. Uh, if you're, everything gets wiped out in your area from a tornado and you're, you know, the, the, the grocery store gets blown down, whatever. I mean, anything can really cause you to be uncomfortable for a while. We had a derecho come through a couple of years back, took our farmers, took a bunch of farms out. Uh, things were kind of scarce around here for a little bit. It's just, it can be really for anything. I mean, would you agree? It's not necessarily just like food shortages, but any kind of disaster. Yeah. So I went, we went through Irma. We still live in Florida and we went through Irma. And uh, one thing that I saw happen that really pissed me off, mm-hmm. everybody went out and they bought the stores out of food. 
everybody went and panic bought before the hurricane hit. They bought bottled okay. water and bread and lunch meat. They bought all these things. They panic bought. Right. And then after the hurricane, you know what they did? They returned everything. They returned everything. And like certain stores have to return this shit. So right. I go into wall I go into Walmart after Irma hits. There is a line, like lines of carts from customer service, like all the way up to the entrance of stuff that they returned. Walmart has to throw this stuff away. Now, no, you, you could have been a good human being. You could have donated this to a local homeless shelter or a soup kitchen. You could have did something right, but you went out, you panic bought, and then you brought all the shit back to get your money back. And you were being greedy before, you know, everything broke bad. And you could have did something good with it, but no, you wanted your money back because now you're safe. No, but the, the, the idea of caring for the person next to you now is gone. And that is one of the biggest things we need to prep for is, is other humans. Like, that's the biggest thing. I we, don't other we, human well. Yeah, I don't other human well either. But, I, but I'll tell you, one, one good thing we have done in this country, Americans have gotten really good. And it is, it is almost an art form now. We are extremely good at screwing each other over. It is amazing yeah. how good we are at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, well, it is, but this was all done by design too, right? To divide and they divide people and manipulation and uh, it's all done on purpose to keep us divided, to keep us angry at each other because a united nation or you know, it just goes back to kind of what we talked about. A united country is what is essentially what we're going to need to be any elite anywhere. Like we need to become united. I don't think it's ever going to happen, man. I've seen some stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what this, <sighs> um, this, this two-party system is is just it's it's crap. I mean, mm -hmm. it is going going. If you guys go to another country, like you don't like in other countries, they don't have this propaganda. There is not this big of a divide. If there's an issue and people think it's worth mentioning, they'll collectively get together and agree on the problem, not try to be like, well, you're wrong because of this. That's I mean, that's what they did with these systems. They created mm -hmm. this divide. I mean, so you think the idea of you know, we talk about like these doomsday scenarios and what could cause something like a civil war within this country. I mean, mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now, we are already separated. We're already divided. Right. We're not getting together on issues. And we keep seeing things within the media that create a further division. Um, that just recently in the media, this, this Buffalo incident is another one. Right. Yeah. Which is going to create it's going to create another big separation. I'm surprised it hasn't yet. Biden spoke in Buffalo today, so I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting to see what the outcome is in the next few days of that. But oh, man, I, there's there were so many shootings the last two days. Like three of them also were racially motivated and nobody's talking about it because mm -hmm. it one was an Asian guy who shot up a bunch of other Asian people because he didn't like Asian. I don't know what the deal was. What he was and a self-hating Asian. Yeah, he was something, what? some kind of, yeah, he was part of some kind of thing. I'd have to look it up. Tex made a video about it. <laughs> so there was that. And then there was another guy, but that guy was black so i guess and, and he killed like a whole bunch of people and nobody talked about that a bunch of cops got shot up in chicago yesterday uh by you know persons of color or i think it's hispanics too but and nobody's talking about that like this this is the media the media is our biggest problem the media is the biggest fear porn which is why like when we talk about being prepper or preppered when we talk about being prepped and prepared prepper. okay <laughs> <laughs> preppered we talk about like this is what I want to come to people with like because the media does a good enough job scaring you all into thinking that the world is ending and it very may well be ending. But, you know, here's some things that you can do like and, and when it comes to to. Like a lot of these people, they're, they've never done this before. Do you 
coach people on how to kind of do stuff other than your podcast, which is listed in the description below. So if you guys want to check out what he does in his full-time job, go to the link below and listen to the podcast. I'm sure it's really good. I will when I'm done. But Thank you. Um, you're very welcome. So, yeah, our so with our show, what we try to do is we try to get the wheels turning for people, right? Okay. Like a, a lot of our a lot of our show is a, a mental how-to guide. Okay. Okay. We try to get the wheels turning. We try to make you think outside the box. We talk about real-world scenarios that we have seen play out, and we try to get you out of the idea of don't buy into everything that you hear. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, you know, like I always say, do your own research. But how you should be looking at these situations people have it in their heads like oh i'm going to build a bug out bag and that's going to be fine if anything happens i'll be good mm -hmm. but there's so many things to that your bug out bag is only to get you through a couple of days to your destination right. you're not going to go live in the woods out of a backpack and be comfortable you know you're not going to build a little a, a backpack for your eight-year-old kid and take him out in the woods and he's going to survive for the rest of his life so we try to wake people up you know, and, and give this good advice to people when they're trying to do these things. Uh, my co-host for the show, some of you on in, in the chats may know him here. Um, big Daddy Prep. Uh, his name is Al. He's from Arkansas. He's, he's got a pretty big following on, on TikTok. Uh, okay. he, is, he is my co-host, and he worked in the prison system for years, so he also got to see the shitty side of humanity and how bad it could actually be. And every week what we do is we cover a different topic on the show, um uh this week was uh our episode that came out yesterday morning was uh how to be the gray man how to blend with your surroundings do's and don'ts how you want to blend when you want to blend things like that we try to wake people up to start you know thinking and getting in the mo you know starting to get in the motions of this you know that's what when we try would be, to do when would be a good time to start like blending into your surroundings i'm trying to think of a good time that that so, would be beneficial well, it's it's a, so it's a it's a mental process of becoming the gray man. So you want to start doing that now in everyday life, right? And that means you don't want to stand out, right? Right. You don't want to stand out. You want to blend with your surroundings. A lot of preppers have this idea: I want to be in full tack gear, and I want a big, awesome Molly backpack with all these different pouches and all this different gear. You're creating right. a target. I understand a lot of people have this idea that you know, if I look militarized, I'm going to look scary. I'm going to be a threat. Nobody's going to mess with me. Mm -hmm. If there's a guy with a 308 100 yards away in a bush and he sees you he's gonna pop you and he's gonna come take your shit because you just became a target but if you look like just some hiker with a fanny pack and a crappy jansport backpack with a flannel shirt nobody's gonna think you have anything good and you're gonna be able to move right along right right don't underestimate the power of the fanny pack <laughs> <laughs> and you're Everybody's probably thinking to yourself how many fanny packs do you own shipwreck <laughs> I have I had one when I was a kid and it had Mount Rushmore on it and it nice. was tie dye. I know. So rule number one, guys, go get yourself a fanny pack and a flannel shirt uh, and become the gray man. You don't want to look like a professional prepper. You want to look like somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> something, I, something I would like to plug for your listeners, too, um, if, if they're interested. I don't know how many people would be interested in this, but there is a. Uh, there's a nationwide event that takes place. Um, I don't get paid to say this at all. I have no benefit if you guys go or don't go. Prepper Camp 2022 takes place in Saluda, North Carolina, 23rd, 24th, and 25th of September. Okay. This event is hosted by Rick Austin and his wife. Rick Austin was featured on National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers TV show. He okay. created and hosts this event, okay? Tickets are still available for this. Campsites are booked, but you can come get a hotel, things like that. 
If you guys want more information on this, go to preppercamp.com. I will be there. We have a booth there this year, and we will be doing our show live from Prepper Camp. So it's going to be a really oh, cool event. Cool. A lot of stuff you could learn if you guys want to learn about, like, um, blacksmithing, survival, hand-to-hand combat, campfire cooking, all these things. It's very, very cool. Very cool. Definitely go check it out. I'm not going to go to North Carolina. I And I'd have to get on a plane, which means I'd have to wear a mask, and I refuse to do that. So, <laughs> Hello, Scott Meyer. Thank you so much. We love your face. I won't. And this is... I won't. I, I've come this far and not put a mask on my face. I'm not, not going to bend now. I'll drive if I could. Um, right. That sounds really cool. Is this something you guys do every year? Or is this no, something actually, new for you guys? So I've had people suggest that I do this for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I actually know people that attend. Like even, even some of my listeners in my show attend. And, and everybody's been kind of poking at me like, are you, are you going to go? Like, are you going to go? What are you doing with your right. life? Are you going to go? Right. And I was like, you know what? This year I'm committed. We're getting a booth. We've got tickets. We're doing it all. We're going to do the, We're going to live stream the show from the event. The full three days we're there. We'll be live the whole time we're there. Um, we'll be live on TikTok as well, which is going to be cool. Uh, so this year is going to be our first year there. We're doing it. Uh, Rick Austin actually seemed I, I spoke to him through email and he seemed pretty excited that we were coming. I don't know if he listens to our show, but he seemed pretty excited. Uh, that we were coming, he could have just been excited about making the money, though. Let's be honest. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe charismatic guy. Maybe he's like the Mike Lindell of the Preppo world. He, uh, well, he kind of is. He's really well known in the industry. I mean, if you're if you're on National Geographic, people start to know who you are. <laughs> I guess so. I, the only time I've ever watched National Geographic is at the doctor's office or Red Doctor. The National or, Gra- it's on the magazine. Maybe it was Discovery. Whatever channel the Doomsday Prepper show was on, I didn't really watch it. I watched a few episodes back in the day, and I'm like, these guys are morons. I would never go on the show. Um, it's it's not it's not something I would do. These guys are going out and putting out all their preps on what they're doing, where they live, you know, who they are, what they do for a living, all these things. And I'm like, you do realize there are what, what I call prepper hunters. There's people that are hunting other preppers and observing these guys watching them do all the work so they can come in and take their shit if things break bad. There's actually people out there that do that. You know, they, they study locations. Well, they study where people are. Are you, you serious? Know? Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, yes. Oh, no. Well, maybe, see, maybe that's why I'm so quiet about my prepping skills. Like, y'all don't need to know about my stash out here yeah. in Iowa. That's it. We grow, stat- we grow our own stuff. Like, I don't know. I just don't. We just grow it. And I can hunt. And so I'm just kind of like, we'll eat squirrel. We have guinea pigs. If shit goes real south, like it'll be fine. I'm not. I just don't worry about it. It's fine. I mean, guinea pigs are a delicacy in certain countries. Go for it. I know they are. I can't. I can't <laughs> eat my piggies though, man. I'd be so sad if I had to do that. What are some things like, if you had to put together a list of maybe say ten things, ten things that you feel every person should have in their house in case of a disaster, what would be on that list? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to use my fingers to count here. Please so I don't do. We, I do it under. Um, nobody just can, don't ask yeah. me to go to 11 because things will start getting awkward. I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so number one, first and foremost, is water. Okay. You, okay. You're not going to go too long if you don't have water. So have water. Three days without water, you're pretty much done. Okay. So water is key. The second to that is water filtration. Water sources are eventually going to run out. Things are going to go bad. You're going to need a means of water filtration. Right. Okay. The next one on the list is going to be your food source, okay? Have a good food source. Stock the correct things to stock. Try to stock things that are going to, you know, keep you from getting dehydrated uh, 
or I'm sorry, not the hydrated, constipated, stock good items, okay? Mm-hmm. And not things that you wouldn't typically eat, but things that you eat now. Like if you like pasta, stock pasta, right? Mm-hmm. Stock tomatoes, if you like tomatoes in your pasta sauce, things like that. Uh, the next one I would go off of is having a renewable food source, right? Get into gardening, have seeds, things like that. That's a really, really big deal. Um, the next thing I recommend highly to everybody is have some sort of sense of backup communication, two-way radios, ham radios, CB radios. There are going to come times when you're out of contact with your group and they're going to need to be in contact with you, right? That's a very, very big deal. One of the biggest benefactors is, hey, I'm injured or, hey, there's a threat coming. You know, I need help. Or it's as little as, hey, dude, I'm on the toilet. I'm out of toilet paper. Can you bring me a roll? Right. (laughs) Right. When when service goes down, Wi-Fi goes down, things like this, there's not going to be these Internet connections. Some of these uh, extreme preppers are going out and building like their own 4G LTE networks and stuff so they can utilize their phones when things break bad. Some of these guys are really, really smart. Um. The next one on the list is going to be security and defenses, right? You you want to you want to own firearms, 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 firearms. If you're new to the firearms industry and you're confused what to buy, I highly recommend people get a 22. Start with a 22, pistol or long gun. I don't care. 22 is cheap. It's effective. Um, you could you can get good with it and practice with it because ammo is not expensive, right? So definitely, I recommend the 22 LR to anybody. All right. Um, the next thing I would have to put out there is you know. You're going to want to have good shelter, whether you're staying within your home or, or you're moving, you need to have that shelter. Okay. Yeah. You're going to need to keep yourself dry out of the weather. If you're doing the bugging situation, basically <laughs> up your security game. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, something that I think is kind of common that everybody should just already be on board with anyway. And it's, I'm sorry, it's so last on my list, but having a way to cook, right? Whether you have a wood burning stove, a, a grill, a way to boil water, things like this. If you're going to simply do everything over a fire, great, awesome. Make sure you have a way to keep that fire going, right? Make sure you have enough lighters, enough matches, know how to build a bow saw, things of this nature uh, to keep the fire going, right? Um, I also highly recommend, because everybody kind of forgets this, if you're prepping with your kids, morale boosters are a big thing for your kids. Board games, uh, things as far as the little mosquito bracelet, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anything that, that's going to get the kids out of the mindset that things are bad to keep them happy and, and collective and calm, right? right? And then the other thing I would throw on the list is any medication you would need for survival. If you're on blood pressure medication, try to get stocked up on it. If there are medications you need for daily survival, make sure you have them. And then stock the general ones too, your ibuprofen, your Benadryls, things like this. Okay. What about like first aid? What would you well, recommend for people? You who... only gave me 10. I was scared to go to 11. I know. <laughs> We're going to go to 11. I'm like, I'm envisioning my whole shelf back here. Like I'm going to move all my stuff down here. Like I'm going to build a shelf and I'm going to have it. Cause right now it's just up in a cupboard. Like right. it's just this first aid kits. Now I, I want everybody to understand when, when you're talking about trauma situations, I, I mm-hmm. had, I wasn't an EMT or a paramedic, but because I did what I did in the past, I've had a lot of medical training. You're going to want to have things to deliver babies. Everybody negates that, but that's something you're going to need to have. People are still going to be, doing their thing in doomsday people are going to get pregnant that's something you need to take into consideration have the stuff you need to birth babies right Mm -hmm. um you're going to deal with lacerations having gauze having gauze pads having having silver solution having neosporin um if you're comfortable with suturing or stapling skin 
get suture kits, get staple guns. I have these. If you're curious about where to get these things at, they are available online. They're also available at a lot of Army Navy stores, gun shows, things like this. They have a lot of these first aid supplies, right? Okay. The biggest thing with first aid is preventing infection, cleaning wounds well. So having your alcohol, having your iodine, having peroxide, things like this to be able to cleanse wounds and saline solution as well. Saline solution is great, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes when you have a bad injury, it, it gets clogged up with some nasty stuff and you have to flush it. You don't want to flush with alcohol. That's going to suck for anybody that has to experience that, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're going to been there. Yeah. So saline solution and iodine are, are the things that they typically clean wounds with, right? So these are great things to have. And I'll tell you what I, and I've done this. I I don't know if you guys can get away with this or not, but anytime me or a family member goes in the hospital for an, you know, for an industry, when the doctor leaves the room before the nurse comes back, I kind of just take the rest of that stuff with me that they didn't use. (laughs) (laughs) And I just add it in. You might as well. They charge an arm and a leg for it. I just take it all like in a hotel too. Like we take all the stuff. (laughs) Give me all that shampoo. Oh yeah. The little bottles of shampoo, little bars of soap. Yeah, we'll take it all. We got kids. They can use it. Somebody will use it. I'm frugal. Ship- <laughs> frugal. Shipwrecks got like eight hotel Bibles with her fanny pack collection. <laughs> we don't, they don't even put Bibles in them anymore. Like I didn't, I, I just got, well, we've been camping now. So we've been, we, we traveled a lot and, but now things have kind of hit the fan. And so now we're not going to be traveling so much. We're going to be doing a lot of like staycations, I guess we're going to be staying in the area and just doing a lot of camping. (laughs) We have a really nice camper. So if shit hits the fan here, we have a house on wheels and it has solar and it has all of this stuff, but. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So that's, that's my bug out plan. Kind of, if it ever came down to that, like we would hook Kermit up and we've got some spots that we think would be just kind of. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, It's a start. So no, it, it absolutely is. I mean, just mm-hmm. the fact that you have that makes you capable to escape and be comfortable in, in a, a mm-hmm. you know, break bad situation. You know, the, the soup hits the fan and you got to go. You jump in the RV and you, you roll out. Yep. And we're Audi. That's our plan. And that's, that's nice about Kermit. And I tested this out. So I spent the, the fall in Arizona, uh, a week and a half in Arizona last fall. And Kermit, you can warm Kermit with one of those big dollar store candles. So if you run out of propane, if you have enough of them big dollar store candles, like the $3 ones, they're, the big ones, will it puts off enough heat to actually heat Kermit, which is the camper, to actually give off enough heat to where it's almost comfortable. I didn't know that. And I Googled all this stuff. I thought that was very interesting, too, considering propane and gas would be probably one of the first things people would uh, hoard and stock up on. They would go, well, like they are now. They would go nuts. They're still yeah. going nuts. Oh, they are. I mean, we're seeing it. We... So I read between the lines with things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I watch, I'm always watching what people do. You know, one of the, one of the things that I, that I picked up on working in law enforcement, the training I had and stuff is I'm always watching people. I'm watching your hands. I'm watching what you're doing. I'm always kind of keeping an eye on, on a suspicious character. It just, it, once you're programmed with it, it just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I've, I've noticed very strange behavior with people lately, like very, very odd, strange behavior. When these prices go up on things and people start struggling, they start acting irrationally. Okay. They panic. So just, yeah, just put, yeah. put your mind in the sense of, you know, shit really breaks bad. How are people going to act? A lot of people can't handle what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. People, we, so we get some snowstorms. So we get snowmageddons. We haven't in the last couple of years. The last one I remember was pretty big though. We'll get like a foot of snow in two days or whatever. People go fucking nuts and it's two days. 
it's like two days. You're not going to need a week's or a month's worth of bread, cheese, and milk. Like all of a sudden you're going to eat cheese sandwiches and drink 10 gallons of milk. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and it never did. Like I'm going to grab like my beer. Okay. Cause I know we're going to be snowed in. So I got my beer. I'm going to get some of them Totino's pizza rolls, but I also know it's only going to last a couple of days. So I could only imagine if something were to happen and there was like no ETA on things when things were going to clear up just like the, and you're exactly right. This isn't about you making sure that you have things. It's about you not having to leave your house to go get them. Because people, I have seen some people, I, I didn't realize that people were as shitty as they were. And that really opened my eyes to the last couple of years that some of these people, like, especially they find out you're not, like, if you're not going to get vaccinated or you're not, you don't support it, like, they wish death on you. They threaten to come to my house. The people send dog shit to my house, like. They send dog shit to your house? Yeah. Like like metaphorically, or you're actually getting turds in a bag? I got you. There's a company that does it. It's a fantastic company. Like, I run them a thank you note. Like, it's like a drop. Like, they drop ship. They drop ship dog shit. Say that five times fast. They they drop ship dog shit. But they've (laughs) they've called my husband's work during a pandemic trying to get him tired or fired because his wife wouldn't wear a mask. This is how insane people get when they get scared. I got... I got... I got into one argument with a customer over the vaccine um, at the restaurant. He was like, "You, mm-hmm. the vaccine's available. You guys got to go get it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go get that. And he said, but you could be saving lives. I was like, well, it's in a limited supply, and I don't want to take it away from somebody who really needs it. So I'll tell you what. They could have my place in line. He got pissed. Yeah. He, he was like, not happy. They get irrational. Like, and it's almost like you see it when it happens, too. It's almost like a, a switch flips. And they go from being like a person with a soul to like a wild animal. And I and I see it all the time now. The the Roe versus Wade, like these people are just insane. Like yeah. I, I'm I don't want to I'm scared to death of the feminist movement. Like I'm I don't want anywhere near that. Like you ladies scare the bejesus out of me. And I ain't scared of nothing. Listen, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I um I married a very, very powerful, independent mm-hmm. woman. Okay, my wife is she's a beast, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's awesome. Um and I I always, you know, hear people talk about, you know, feminine rights things like this and I I am surrounded I was surrounded by powerful women. Like my mother worked her ass off, put herself through school. Uh she was like the breadwinner in our family before she, you know, before she passed away. My mm-hmm. wife same thing, like powerful woman doesn't take shit from anybody you know, runs our business, deals with all these assholes, fires people like, nope, you're done, you know, things like that. So I understand that that there is, I understand the feminist movement, but I also understand what it means to be a woman and having a set of balls and actually getting shit done. There is a difference. There is the the, the, the toxic feminist movement that leads with a hundred, because they don't even know what they're marching for. They don't even know what's going on because the Roe versus Wade thing, it hasn't even been brought to light. They haven't even talked about it yet. It was just a draft. So there's that. Second thing is, is it only gives power back to the states. And so you're 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 boycotting the, the federal government for something that realistically they shouldn't have had power over to begin with. It always should have been over the power of the state. But they don't. They And they they screech and they scream. I am a powerful woman, but I will never screech and scream at you to get my point across. In fact, I'll get quieter if I need to. And. But they just, they're just, it's the emotional irrationality that, that I can't, I can't deal with. They scares the bejesus. They do. They'd run me out of town. Like I'm out. I'm not even going to try and deal with this. Holy shit. 
Black Lives Matter, I'll take it on all day. I'll talk to all you people. Come sit down. Let's have a conversation. I will not talk to the feminine, this toxic femininity <laughs> movement. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, so Roe versus Wade. Uh-huh. Distraction. Oh, That's yeah. It. Because right it doesn't now, make any sense. Yeah, it's got to no, be. It's bullshit. From, I mean. From the aliens. Possibly. Did you see that today? No, what I miss. <laughs> oh, my God. So the subgruber, uh, what did they call it? The what up? The congressional hearing, they talked about um, the aliens. Do, 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 do. So the like, U.S. Intelligence Community's subcommittee holds a public hearing on unidentified aerial phenomena. They changed it from UFO to UAP. So there's that. But two, so they came out, and this is the first time in 50 years that they had a um, any kind of congressional hearing of when it came to UFOs or anything like that. And they talked about Project Bluebeam and how Project Bluebeam is no longer active and how this new project that they've come up with is going to be taking over. And they talked a lot about like how they wanted to stop the stigma around reporting what the military um, was experiencing with these UFOs so that more of the military personnel would be reporting what they're experiencing. They talked about how they're concerned that they are like these these UFOs are giving technology to countries like Russia, like they've already got these technologies and they're going to use. you got to watch the hearing. I was just kind of like, what? And he's like. Look, it's this is real. It's happening, and and we are going to consider it a national security threat um, anytime it happens. And I'm like, wow. Even Schumer got up there and was like, yeah. And I hate Chuck Schumer. But I was like, dang. I don't. I don't like him either. I I can't stand him. I can't either. I and I feel like he smells yeah. bad too. Like I've never smelled him, but I feel like he smells horrible. Like rotten um, eggs. Yeah. Hmm. No, I was mm-hmm. thinking like. You know that weird, like when you put on cologne in the morning. Well, no, you wouldn't know this, but when you put on cologne in the morning and then you go work at a shit plant, so you smell like oh yeah, sweet so it's that, shit. that combination. That, that's what I feel of... like he smells like like sweet yeah. shit. You know, <laughs> but uh, no. So, but did you know the Pentagon did a release last year about the, yes. the UFOs and the, yeah. So mm-hmm. more and more light is being shed on this. I, I'm a firm believer in aliens. I, I am. I absolutely 100 am. Um. I think it's a very closed mindset for people to believe that there's not, you know, alien nice. phenomenon and things happening. Yeah. There's there's the universe is way too big right. for us to be the only ones. And okay. we're not the most advanced species, you guys. Oh, absolutely not. Not, not by far. Like probably <laughs> not even on the ladder. Look at us. <laughs> we're like, we need to pack the three months worth of water <laughs> because we might get blown up. We don't know. We are not even close. So, I mean, and, and just on your point of that, though, I mean, you got to think about this. We have the information superhighway. People could be educating themselves so much mm-hmm. based on the Internet, right? Like, I mean, you can get online. Like, all I do all day long is I have these random thoughts that pop in my head, and I go online, and I do research. I do this all day long, right? I'm in and out of Google, in and out of Brave. I'm in and out of different search engines trying to find information on things that are piquing my interest in the moment. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is utilizing this to look up how much insurance Jennifer Lopez has on their ass or what Kim and Kanye's got going on or what lo- what celebrities are doing. And they're mm-hmm. completely missing what's going on within our government, what's going on within our country. It's absolutely horrible, right? We have this great tool of information and people are actively utilizing this tool to dumb themselves down. But they don't see so this is where my compassion, because it's not their fault. 
It, it really, I don't think it, it just, it, they've been programmed this. This is happening. Why do you think Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, that whole trial is fake? I it haven't is. watched You're any not gonna, of it. You are not going to, so I've watched the clips on TikTok, and she's like up there bumping, she's like doing bumps of cocaine, and they're all drinking in the back. And I'm like, the whole thing is fake. The whole thing is absolutely fake. But people, so, this is all everybody's talking about. But it's, it's to keep people talking about this instead of, I'm sure, like what's going on with the Durham report. So we got, you know, Hillary's whole people are going to court or the UFOs. It was so neat to watch. You got to go watch it. It was, I, I just think, God, they were just like, look, we really need to get more information on this and, and be prepared to take this as a national security. There's an hour and a half of this. And I'm like, you know what? Anytime Chuck Schumer tells me something is a national security threat, I'm willing to bet just the opposite. I'm not. Maybe. Maybe they are going to come down or come up, depending on what you believe, and just eat us all. But I kind of doubt it. Because if they were going to, it would have happened already. And I already think a lot of them are here. I'm pretty sure I've met a couple. I don't know what this is all about, but something's going to happen with this. Because they're trying to, like, normalize it now. And what's really, because they're trying to get rid of the stigma, but it's a stigma that they created. Why? You know what's what I what I think is funny though is how you bring up uh, it's an it's a uh, national security threat. What mm-hmm. are other countries saying about this? We're not the only ones with a space program. We're not the only ones with satellites. Supposedly, they've already been in contact and have some technology, specifically Russia, which is yes. archiving. Yes, uh, apparently Russia. I think it was who did the Russian government warn? Was it? It may have been a the Obama administration, they came out and said, if you don't start telling the public about what's really going on, we're going to. I think that t- I think that's who it was. I'm team Putin all the way. They, they closed all their McDonald's like nobody can eat McDonald's or rush. They're going to be the healthiest, most informed people. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're going to be like the best nation just by default at this point. Like they got no McDonald's. They got no CNN. They can't access Instagram like. Totally healthy country and we're over here just gobbling down our hardies there there were two things that um really screwed me up at the beginning of this so we've done three shows well actually we've done four shows on the russian ukraine stuff and uh mm-hmm. i i have a good buddy michael key of the real conservative talk show he he's came on my show to help us go through this russia ukraine stuff and, and we've done four episodes with him and uh, one I have to still upload. We did it on a live show. I still have to get it up and going. But we went back. These issues with, with Russia and, and, and Ukraine, I mean, th- this shit goes back, our involvement to the Reagan era. Oh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I, uh, my father-in-law told me something very interesting. He's like, he, he's very Greek. He's, he's, uh, he immigrated here. He says, you don't know what is truly going on. You have to look at the Russia-Ukraine civil war and what is going on with that. And I said, OK, well, tell me about it. And what he told me was he said they've had this Russian Ukrainian civil war going on for years. He has a buddy that is in that area now that's a truck driver that has been ripped out of his truck by the uh, Russia rebels at the border. So you have people that still live uh, that live within Ukraine that are still team Russia. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've had this civil war going on forever. This is nothing. This is nothing new. OK, <laughs> if you go back and you look up the history like we did and actually get into this and study this. They've been having problems like this in that region for about a hundred years. This is I made, nothing new. I so when the Russia stuff broke, I'm and I, I'm going to tell you this just as much as you didn't know not to sanitize your food. I didn't know anything about Ukraine. 
And so I wanted to learn. And so we watched the Ukraine documentaries. So there was Ukraine on fire and then something Ukraine. Um, the two that I made all of my poor people on a Sunday, I think it was a Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. I'm like, oh, you're evil. I know we're, we're going to learn this morning. <laughs> and so I did a watch party with Ukraine on fire. I think the other one was at night, but and we ate cereal and we we watched Ukraine on or I didn't. We didn't maybe you ate cereal. I don't know. And my, I think it was the weekend before Easter. It's kind of so terrible. I know. This, wow. We're going to learn. And we learned so much about Ukraine and the Nazis and how it all kind of fell apart and what's actually happening. And I'm like, yeah, I'm team Putin right now. Like, you know, dang. So here's the thing. I, mm -hmm. I definitely 100% sympathize for all the poor citizens that are involved on both sides. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I feel bad for the citizens in any war, any conflict, the kids. Mm -hmm. The innocent people. I, I, I'm yeah, a totally. humanitarian. I totally sympathize. But here's where I draw the line. It's number one. It's not our fight. Number it's two, not our business. You, it's it's not our business. But if you go back through it, Putin's not really in the wrong for doing what he's doing. He hasn't been in the wrong for doing a lot that I was taught growing up. Right, and and so if you you guys want to talk about media manipulation, I mean, look at how they demonized Russia and Putin in the media during the 2016 election. Uh -huh. Right. So we've been pre-programmed to hate Russia for a while. And there were two things. There were two things that I saw that woke me up to say this is bullshit. Number one is I got a random ass text message to my to my burner phone, like my burner phone. I don't even have a plan on this phone. It's my burner phone mm -hmm. saying it, it came in because every once in a while I'll connect it to Internet. And I don't even I don't even have a SIM card in this thing. So I don't know how they got this into me. But it said, you now get unlimited free calling to Ukraine to check on loved ones and family and friends that are in Ukraine. I did not get that same message uh, about Russia. And my son's mother, my oldest son's mother, her family immigrated from Russia. So I have direct ties to people that came from Russia, people mm -hmm. that have friends and family in Russia. There are Russian-Americans. They can't get this message. They can't call home to check on family and friends. What's up with that? Then the second thing was, um, so I, I got to admit, my favorite vodka is Russian Standard Vodka. It's my favorite vodka. That's the one I like. I get no hangover. It's got a good flavor. It goes well with anything, right? Right. They, they banned that vodka. And Fuckers. here's the thing. That, yeah, this is the thing that drove me nuts about it. It's already in the state. You ban the sale of it is what mm -hmm. you did. It's already in my state. It's already here. It's already on the shelf. A local small business owner already had to pay for this. And now you're making them throw it away. And they really can't claim a loss on it either. So I'm watching what you're doing. And this is psychological manipulation against the American people. That's all it is. It's nothing more. And by banning this, they're just making me want Russian vodka more. So now I've been like, anytime I travel, like I went to Atlanta a few weeks ago. And I was like, do they have it here? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, i'm gonna i'm gonna email putin and ask if he wants to come on the podcast if i can get him to come on then i'll uh, i'll have him bring his oh vodka. shit well do they have internet right now they <laughs> they have their own internet like they went through whatever fucking china is using like i don't know i don't i don't know. i don't think i have to be kind of careful on youtube because YouTube's getting really snarky about this about what oh, we yeah. can say about ukraine and what we can't we can't be dismissive about the war in ukraine so I'm not being dismissive about the war in Ukraine, but I am telling you to go in and just look at things for what they are and not what you're being told that they are. And leave it at oh, that. Oh, 
Absolutely. I 100% agree. And, you know, I like, I don't want to go too far. I don't want to get you shut down on YouTube, right? Hey, my restriction was up today, though. So, like, if we get shut down, it's only another week. And then we're on Twitch, so it's fine. God, I, I do I do a lot. I do a few shows here and there with uh, my, my buddy that I referenced earlier from Real Conservative Talk. And there are shows we do that we he cannot upload that he's mm-hmm. tried and they get shut down immediately. Um, we, we go pretty deep into some of these things. But, you know, anybody that's confused on this Russia-Ukraine thing, guys, this is the best way to look at the situation. It's pure distraction and we shouldn't be there. And if you don't believe that, explain to me how we could send all this money to Ukraine for aid, but we can't lower the price of gas within this country. Or baby formula. We sent pallets and pallets and pallets of baby formula to Ukraine, too, for Ukrainian babies. Uh, yep. We don't have any hair. That's what they're saying. Well, I still like going. But that's so, my guy. We, yeah, we're actually we're well over our hour. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know the show it. was only an hour long. I didn't know how long it's you did usually, the show. I'm sorry. I usually run. No, you're fine. I usually run them about an hour because I am live so much. And I feel like an hour that hour just kind of worked for us pretty well. Right. But um, do what I do. Usually at the end, sometimes sometimes we go over it. But usually at the end of the live, as I give our guest an opportunity to uh, share some final thoughts with with everybody. So be it words of wisdom or a joke dad jokes i don't i don't know i I don't have a lot of jokes they just kind of come to me on the fly um as far as words of wisdom go i i think i've done a lot (laughs) no you did great i loved this yeah but i would like if you don't mind i would like to plug my show please that's okay okay so guys um First off, if you want to reach out to me, uh, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. You guys can hit me up if anybody wants to come on as a guest on the show or if you want to reach out to suggest an episode, you can do that. You could find it's Doomsday Podcast on Spotify, Applecast, Castbox, everything. Uh, we do a live show on Podbean every Sunday night. We do a different topic on there and we get into some really serious shows. And then we have some things that are a bit more lax where we allow people to call into the show. Um, so if you want to get the Podbean app, it's free. It's totally free. I don't make any money off telling you guys that you are capable of coming in, calling into the show, stating your opinion on things. It's very, very cool. At Podbean's kind of a hidden gem, totally uncensored. It we can say whatever like we it. want. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we put out new shows every Monday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They drop on Spotify and Apple. So if you guys want to follow us there. And guys, one of the best places to reach me is on TikTok. My TikTok handle is at its Doomsday Podcast 2.0. It's it's a great place to give me a follow if you guys want to come in and suggest topics for shows or ask questions, things like that. You know, that's where I met Shipwreck at. That is. I also stole you from Jake. Just so yeah, you know. well, you know, he doesn't like meatloaf. I know. He was in here. <laughs> I think he left, though. Is he still in here? Is he making comments? No, he must have left. I, I haven't um, seen him. He was in here for, he, he likes, Jake lurks a lot. So like I said this the other night too. So Jake will come in and just watch a whole show and won't comment. And then after the live, he'll be like, shit, you got a booger on the side of your nose, like the whole time. I'm like, you suck. Come on. Sometimes, (laughs) but that's it. My guy, Jester, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I'd love to have you back um, sometime in the future. Definitely work something out because I feel like we could dabble into a whole lot of this. Oh yeah, we we absolutely could. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you, um, I'll give Sonia some better contact information for me. <laughs> Sonia, Sonia, let's bring it back. She's she'll hit you up. She's so good. Yeah, um, she is. Um, and she, with, she, you know what? Yeah. I, I want to take a shot for her. So cheers to Son- Sonia. Sure. Cheers. cheers. I'm out. I don't have any shots. I'm I'm out. I'll pretend. Cheers, when Sonia. Hits the fan, you know. 
<laughs> we love our Sonia. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Jester, again, thank you for coming out. Today is Tuesday, so tomorrow's Wednesday. So we're off tomorrow morning, but we are live tomorrow night with JD, um, or Chicano Patriot, formerly known as Chicano Patriot. We're going to find out how he's been doing with the J6 stuff, see if he got his equipment back, see kind of where they're all at with everything. And then uh, we just keep going. So with that, you guys, I love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for deer. Bye, guys. Thank you.